Welcome to another episode of That's Some Crazy Shit with Kelly and James. My name is Kelly and my co-host is Mr. James. What's up, dude? That's me. I'm enjoying the retired life, my friend. That is right. Congratulations. For all of you that don't know, my very good friend here has retired from yeah. the working class. Well, just one one job, one career. Oh, I'm sorry. Retired from one career, now going to dive into a new career doing something else. That's right. really cool though. Don't know a lot of people who have retired. So congratulations. Thank you, thank you. It was a long time coming. 35 years, my friend. You don't sound like you're 38, but you look really good. <laughs> I started when I was quite young, three. In the womb, I yeah. was working. I was remote. <laughs> right? Yeah, I In was the remote. womb, working yeah. away. No, you look, you look fantastic for a retiree. Um, for those of you, he sounds fantastic for a retiree. Don't know what retiree is supposed to sound like, but you sound great, James. Apparently you look like, like money, me. my friend. You look yeah. like money. Oh, I like it when I look like money. Yeah. You look like money. All right. So today we have a special treat. We have actually a collaboration. And I actually like to collab with other podcasts because there's some really good podcasts out there. Yeah, there are. And so we have um, this episode, we've aligned with the Dark Alignment podcast. And for those of you that are not familiar, go check them out. Dark Alignment is a podcast, two girls, Eureka Rose and Brittany, and they do true crime plus astrology. And so it was cool. So they take the chart of say a serial killer, they'll do their chart and they can kind of dive into maybe why they did what they did or look at certain traits. And it's very, very interesting. And so they brought their flavor of podcast over here to that some crazy shit because me and James said, you know, that's some crazy shit. Some crazy shit. We should come be on our podcast. Yeah. (laughs) So they're actually with us here today, James. Right on. So, should we get to it? Yeah, why don't you do it? All right, then let's do it. Welcome, Dark Alignment. Brittany and Eureka, uh, Eureka, welcome to That Some Crazy Shit. Welcome to the podcast. How are you? Great. How are you? Fantastic. Good here in Utah. We are excited that you guys are here. Uh, we know that you guys do a podcast. We're going to get all into that. I know that James has questions, but before he answers his questions, tell our listeners about your pod- podcast, the premise of it, you know, like if they wanted to go and listen to it. So we are a Dark Alignment podcast. We are a true crime astrology podcast. So it's a little bit of a different take on your standard true crime podcast. We talk about different killers, victims, and people with just dark stories in general. And then we look at their astrology. So we're looking at their natal charts, sometimes death charts, uh, sinistry charts, where you put two people's natal charts on top of each other. So for like, for example, when there are killer duos like Columbine, that's one of our episodes where we covered that. So you look at kind of how these two individuals, like one thing couldn't have happened without the other person. They're so connected and you can really read that. 
the Gypsy Rose episode. Oh, the Gypsy the Rose show. episode as well with the mom and daughter where the daughter murdered the mother. And just, you kind of see how it all comes together on the chart. And then I talk a lot about the psychology and um, kind of the criminological pathway for whoever we're talking about, especially if it's a serial killer. Very cool, very cool. So I'll let James go ahead and kick it off with your first question, James, go ahead. All right, so ladies, uh, you know, title of our show is that some crazy shit and we kind of hit the paranormal. So my question is for both of you, have you ever had a paranormal experience? And if you have, what is it? And my second part is, if you haven't, would you like to, and what would you like it to be? Wow. We've had a few minor things with the podcast. We have actually. actually the the Richard Ramirez episode. We had a paranormal experience. I could feel it a little bit beforehand, and I continued to get dizzy um, as we were recording. And uh, then we lost the audio to the entire second half and had to re-record the whole episode. Uh huh. Wow. When a lot of orbs in that one too. When you go back and watch it. Interesting. Really. That is. And we've had, we've had a, a lot of personal experiences as well over the years. And we both do energy readings and um, I'll do uh, readings where you connect with spirits and um, bring messages across. Cool. Yeah, that's a lot of what, what we do on the podcast. We've talked to a lot of people who have those type of experiences who are psychics, but nobody that does what you do. So give us an idea of of some people. I know that you said that you brought us some stuff. So I'm interested <laughs> to see like who you brought and how you bring the, the true crime and the astrology and you marry them. So yeah. yeah. Perfect. Um, so one thing that we will see over and over is killers with a similar pattern. Um, they all end up having similar astrology. Mm -hmm. And it's really, it's really fascinating. Like um, we see like certain placements for cult leaders that are really common and same for serial killers. And then sometimes the mannerisms of killing and we see similarities on their astrological charts. So um, three that we uh, thought would be fun to talk about today are three very infamous Pisces sun killers. So these are all people who are born between mid-February to, to mid-March. Um, okay, hold have, on, ladies. Let me write that down in case my family members are in there. Uh, I'm, I'm a Pisces son, so it is. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, there are tons of serial killers under every zodiac sign. Yes. And there's always new articles saying <laughs> this is a sign to be afraid of. But it's really not. I don't think that's really the case, um, in my opinion. There is... Um, there's there's so many in each sign. If you actually go to our YouTube, I have all of the videos in playlists based on what signs they are. So you can go and watch all of your signs killers yes. that we've covered. <laughs> Very <laughs> cool. So the three Pisces that we have today that we wanted to talk about a little bit, just as an example to kind of show you how we mix it all together. Eileen Warnos, so one of the only female serial killers that we've had in the United States. Um, Richard Ramirez, which super infamous serial killer that we've already talked about a little bit. He's the one that we actually had spiritual interactions with during the episode. And then the third one that we want to talk about was John Wayne Gacy, who the killer clown, everybody kind of knows. These, these people all had multiple victims and similar um, styles mm -hmm. for how they killed and also very similar upbringings. Yes. So you see a lot of 
similarities in the risk factors for people who are multiple offenders. Um, like you see that a whole lot, like for these three in particular, they all had alcoholic and abusive caregivers. Uh, they all struggled really badly with peer acceptance. They all had a lot of trouble in school, made really poor grades or dropped out early. Um, and all of their crimes were linked to sex and sexuality issues. So that's like a really wild thing. And then a Pisces trait here is that they all had kind of delusional warped reality. So a lot of this fantastical kind of imaginary stuff going on. It was kind of their cope, way to cope. Yep. They had a lot of these Neptune aspects that were really intense in their charts too. Yeah. Further indicating that. Yeah, and they all used like a chosen career path to facilitate their killings. Mm -hmm. So there was a lot of really fascinating similarities just between the psychology, the risk factors, and then their charts. Again, they're all a Pisces sun. What else did they have similar? Yeah, they, they also all had Aquarius stelliums. They had also a lot of heart, um, a lot of really strong aspects with Saturn. Someone tell what a stellium is? Oh, sure yeah. You don't know what a stellium is? Yeah, <laughs> you don't know. I was, I was yeah, gonna I was like, ask, wow. I was like. <laughs> So a stellium just means that you have three or more planets in one sign. Um, and when you pull your astrology chart, you're looking at kind of a snapshot of the sky the moment you were born. So when you know what sign you are, that shows what sign the sun was in when you were born. You can also look what sign the moon was in, and Saturn, and Jupiter, and Mercury, all of them, and along with some asteroids. And um, it's 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 really important when you see a part of the chart that has a lot of planets all grouped together uh, because it will mean that a lot of that energy is coming through in your life and your personality even if it's not your sun sign um, yeah so a lot of these they have a lot of pisces energy these three but also a lot of aquarius uh, which is really notable with how similar some of their crimes were um, and then they all had Chiron, which is an asteroid about trauma and healing, all on the same um, axis of the chart between Aquarius and Leo. They all had Lilith in the seventh house. Okay, do you want to talk about what Lilith is? Lilith is, um, it's, a, it's a calculation, but it's about, um, it's about how you Empower yourself. empower yourself out of like a bad situation or um it's kind of this like really stigmatized kind of strong feminine energy in a lot of ways a lot of people will call it the dark feminine or um you know it's associated with like sexuality and um women being manipulative but if you kind of look back it's like you're only using that because you really have to yeah and a good um, way to like it's like, the only way out of being cornered in some way right. in life um yeah so I it's like Hornos i'm gonna is... do what i have to do to get out of this bad situation type of energy is how i read it yeah mm -hmm. um and they all had this in seventh house which has a lot to do with relationships and partnerships and i'm pretty sure all of these killers kind of well, have good. issues with um not being interested in partnerships their was. Did they all kind of kill the same way? Similar? So it's, so it's interesting. Um, Eileen Warnos, like sexuality was part of all of their mm -hmm. killing. Not necessarily if they killed people in the same way or the same manner because Eileen Warnos always used a gun mm -hmm. to, to kill, but she was also a sex worker. And she would get in vehicles with people. She would lead them to the woods. She would shoot them. And then she would rob them and steal their car. 
So that was kind of, she was, it was, but that was how she survived. So this is where that Lilith aspect mm -hmm. can really come through where that was how she felt she had to survive to provide for her partner. She was in a same sex relationship with Tyria Moore who ultimately ended up betraying her. And that's part of uh, how she was incarcerated. And all three of these killers too um, were sentenced to death and convicted and like sentenced to the death sentence. So that's another thing that's mm -hmm. interesting that they all had in common. Were they all pretty much, cause you know, um, Eileen Warnos, they said that she really had some, some mental problems. You know, she had some, you know, and really didn't get the help that she needed. A lot of her thoughts they said were delusional. Were the other two similar in that, in that aspect too? Very much well, so. not so much John Wayne Gacy, but Richard Ramirez, absolutely. So he grew up in such an abusive home that he would, to escape his abusive father, he would go sleep in the cemetery. That was better than being in his home. It was really rough. He had a lot of siblings. There was a lot of neglect and he started experimenting with hallucinogenic drugs. So LSD, and then he started using cocaine as well at like 11 years old. So wow. he is, and the uh, role models in his life were all extremely, um, physically abusive and aggressive. Actually, his cousin was his biggest role model and he watched his older cousin murder his wife right in front of him. Mm. So he, he was exposed to a lot of violence. Eileen was exposed to a lot of violence. She was badly, badly abused. She actually started, she was a teenage sex worker by the time she was 14 years old and was being abused in a similar way in her household. And like, you just see these themes that kind of, if they had gotten help in a young age, those two may have been different. John Wayne Gacy's upbringing was kind of unusual. He had a really controlling dad who was also abusive and like demanded obedience. But John also struggled with his sexuality and was seen as very feminine. And his father was very ashamed by that. Um, and he he identified overall like openly as a bisexual man, but engaged in the homosexual activity he engaged in. That's how why he killed the way he killed as well. He was very sh ashamed of who he was. He was um, using his career. He owned a construction business and employed kind of migrant teenage workers that he would exploit and he would rape them and then murder him and bury them in the crawl space beneath his house. So he like, they all have this sexual component mm -hmm. to the way that they kill and very interesting relationships with the adults in their lives. So it's- What was the clown part with him? Oh, he performed at birthday parties. That was like a fun- Right. <laughs> yes. Another way he would get his, subdue his victims is he, everybody knew he was this birthday clown and he would play what he called the handcuff trick. And we'd get out the handcuffs and he would, you know, act like he's doing a magic trick. And before they knew it, they were handcuffed and completely helpless against him. And he would turn like that. There were, there was one survivor um, that managed to escape him after being handcuffed. And he said he's never seen anybody flip so fast that he went from this charismatic, lively person John Wayne Gacy actually really fit into society. He mm -hmm. owns several businesses. Very he... much like a Sagittarius rising, which he is. <laughs> yeah, that's, kind of, that's scary. You know, he's just he's just an everyday person, and but mm -hmm. he's over here, he's a predator. Yes, mm -hmm. absolutely. Wow. Yeah. We see a lot of um, kind of Sagittarius rising killers kind of come off like that. Like they come off kind of charming and fun and like, almost kind of carefree. Was Ted Bundy also a Sagittarius? Um, yeah, Ted say. Bundy was Sagittarius. I'm pretty sure he was. Yeah. Um, uh, we've had it come up on the podcast a few times. 
Yeah. Oh, and it was the, it's the person that nobody thinks would be kind of, and they think they're harmless and then they flip. Also, Scott Peterson is a Sagittarius mm. rising. So, like that charming aspect that, like, you, you kind of get the feel for it when you really mm -hmm. think of these figures and kind of what they're known for. So, yeah. we, it's cool to see, like, a lot of, or most of the time, we do our notes separately. And then when we go to do the podcast, our notes are identical. Yeah, they match <laughs> It's up like so she's well. doing the chart notes and I'm doing their history and everything. Okay. And just, I, I'm only I'm only taking notes off of the astrology charts that I pull. And um, she's not as record. familiar with the true crime figures as I am. I'm I'm definitely the true crime passionate mm -hmm. person. My degree. I enjoy it, but I don't remember things like she does. <laughs> my degree's in criminal psychology, so I really really love. This is kind of my area of interest. Mm -hmm. Just like she's a professional astrologer, we have our area of interest, and so she's heard a lot of these stories, but doesn't like remember them. So she just goes off their chart. Mm -hmm. So it's pretty it's pretty cool to see how it aligns so perfectly. Mm -hmm. Have you ever done, one thing that has always scared me, and my kids are grown, that always kind of bothered me in true crime is kids that kill. Have you ever done charts of children, especially like the ones who like off their parents? The closest that we've done to that is Columbine. And Gypsy Rose. She well, was, and Gypsy she was, Rose. She wasn't of, a child. She was like 20 when she No, did but she was kind of stunted. She's stunted, yeah. Uh. And she did kill her mother. Yeah, she was stunted in every way from the abuse that she endured because her mother basically told her she had leukemia and cancer and all these Right. Things. Her entire life. Like, so isolated. Muscular dystrophy that she couldn't walk just to isolate her and keep her young. She wanted to keep her. Gypsy had no idea how old she was. Mm -hmm. either and we're not i don't think we're actually ever we ever found like an actual yeah there were multiple uh, birth certificates <laughs> and multiple social security cards so her birth her well i think her biological father has confirmed it all okay. since but yeah. um nobody knew exactly how old she was or what year she was born so mentally she was very stunted but um we have like talked about maybe covering some killer kids. Like one of them was Mary Bell, who we've not covered, but she actually was a, I believe a seven-year-old. Mm -hmm. uh, wow. Who actually killed other children. Mm -hmm. So oh she goodness. was, which is terrifying to think about. That is. Right. Playground, it's like, ah, yeah, that's terrifying. Wow. But I she endured horrible abuse, horrible, horrible abuse from her mother. Yeah. Uh, so when you ladies do charts, you ever find something that just stands out and then when you compare it to the crime and like that, that explains how why it was so horrific mm -hmm. yeah i think that comes up a lot when um when i read charts normally um you know i've done this for a long time but when i talk on the podcast i'm usually bringing up the things that stand out to me most first uh, it's kind of like the that's the way i like to approach reading the charts um yeah, it's and it, it usually it absolutely comes up every episode where I was I think oh this part is so fascinating and then as we get into it 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 unravels and shows what um, how that manifested in the killer's crimes. Yeah, like you'll just see some really strong things on the chart, and then as I tell the story, it's like it's all making sense to her. Of like, oh okay, that's why mm -hmm. the that's how that is exactly showing up in their life. Like okay. Is there anything that screams serial killer? <laughs> we have a joke. We do have a joke um, that we call the murder moon. So we jokingly say that the Aries moon is the murder moon and your moon is like your emotional state. 
So um, it's a lot of how you're processing things emotionally. So when you process your emotions through this sign that's so combative and can be aggressive, a lot of times you're kind of processing them in, in this way of anger. Um, and it's a very physical sign, a very kind of physically active sign. So when you um, have an emotion go through and your Aries moon processes it, a lot of times it'll come up as violence. Yeah, we've seen a very, the, the what comes to mind is we covered, it's a wild story, but the Lululemon murder, mm-hmm. um, there was a murder of one employee killed another and it was two girls inside a Lululemon store. And the killer- Closing up for the night. Yeah, closing up for the night and a murder took place. And she staged the whole thing to look like it was a break-in. It was a wild story. It was kind of crazy. So that's how we covered it. It was nuts. Um, but that was a good example of the killer had an Aries moon and the crime was extremely violent, extremely emotional, felt very impulsive. None of it felt thought through. Like that's a placement that- very Aries moon. It's very Aries moon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we had several Aries moons on the podcast for that type of- crime, Yeah, for like that order. violent type of crime. Yeah. You know, I so, used to work with special needs kids and I know people who are nurses and police officers. When a full moon is out, man, people get a little <laughs> crazy. Yeah, the energy culminates, and it's it's kind of this this uh, tipping point, this time where everything is ready to blow. Mm-hmm. So, do you think that when you look at the charts, can you do you think there's a point? Like, are are these people? Are you noticing that they're they're committing these crimes like around the same age? Is there like a like a maybe a similarity in like the the time that they just that they started committing or killing? Am I making sense? I think so. Yeah, there's always a time frame when crime's going to be the strongest. Um, just crim- the way criminology works. Uh, that's why you don't typically see older offenders, like people starting to offend in their 50s and 60s. There's kind of a, a, a sweet spot, and it's from like the mid-20s to like the early 40s when people are the most agile and kind of at the peak of their aggression, really. Like that's kind of a, um, they're, they're physically able to probably overpower somebody. Um, it, it, it's a it's a sweet spot for mm-hmm. for crime on the chart. Yeah, on the on the chart we'll see it kind of show up in the houses for which stage of life, and then we'll pull transit charts, which shows a person's natal chart um, on top of the current uh, workings of the sky at that time. So we can look go back and see what the sky was doing at the time of the killing, mm-hmm. oh. the what it was triggering on their chart. A lot of times it'll trigger something like their Mars or, you know, which is a, a lot of about aggression. It'll trigger their Lilith. It'll trigger um, Pluto, something something that really, usually those really strong points of their chart where they're just all of a sudden they can't cope anymore and something um, kind of tips them over the edge to uh, start killing. Yeah. And do you find that killers that like kill as a group, like you said, Columbine, they have similarities where they're drawn together? It kind of is more like opposition where it's like one completes the other in this strange way. Um, Especially with Columbine where you have one that's a very, I believe he was an Aries son. I can't remember um, that was Eric that had the, you know, one of them was like a really strong personality and the other one was a little bit more meek Mm -hmm. and a little bit more um, kind of like moldable and a little bit more sensitive, like literally wrote poetry. But also had this same desire. So it's like when they came together, it just worked 
so well. Yeah. Um, and then we'll see we, the cult episode. We oh, did. yeah. We covered the Manson cult, which mm-hmm. was really fun. That was one of my favorite episodes. It was such a good time just to go through every single one of them yeah. and see how they all fit together yes. in the way that they killed as well. It was kind of like they had their own strengths, but they all had the same. And you can see their strengths on the chart, which is really interesting to see how they fit and filled in the roles that they did in their crimes. Mm-hmm. How many were, how many of the Mansons did you do? All of them? So we did the main, we did, we focused a lot on the girls. Um, I know we covered Charles Manson himself. We covered um, the main three Manson girls that were tried. We covered um, Tex. We covered Squeaky Fromm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we covered like the, the main three girls. When you get the image of the Manson girls in court that were holding hands and singing in the hallway, we covered each one of them. <laughs> so yeah, Very it was cool. Crazy one to look at how everybody fit together and their roles. Like some of them were soldiers and some of them were like the mother, like Squeaky Fromm was the maternal. They were like, we're not sending you out to kill anyone. Yeah, they, she wasn't <laughs> tough enough. So that's why she was Manson's most devoted follower, but she was never sent on a mission for killing because she was too soft and he knew uh-huh. it. I remember she had a lot of water. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. He, uh, he didn't choose her for the hit squad. He chose his soldiers. He chose his ones with like really strong Capricorn placements yes. that were like gonna get the job done. And like, yeah, he didn't pick Squeaky. Interesting. So uh, just what, back to, I wanna ask you about the, have you ever had a paranormal experience? Either, either one of you, oh, we talked about that. Um, yeah. I'm sorry, have you, if you had another paranormal experience, what would you like to have? Like would you like to see a flying saucer or? Something like that. Um, I've had a lot of paranormal experiences. Actually, my my stepfather's spirit still lives in my mother's basement, and it's awful. Um, it's a, that's a really dark not, one. Yeah. Um, so it's I I have like really close encounters with with paranormal experiences a lot more than I wish I could. But if I could have any experience I want, um, I would get to choose which person in my life that has passed on could come visit me. Like I've always wanted my best friend who uh, passed away when we were, gosh, I think I was 20 and she was 25. And I've always wished she could come visit me. And I felt like if she could, she would. And there's some reason she can't. And I've always just been like, I just know she'd come visit me if she could. But that would be the one. If I could have any one experience, I would want my best friend to be able to come visit me. Very cool. That would be cool. What would yours be? Um, I think anything too visual. I don't know if I want to see an apparition. I think that okay. might <laughs> that might just scare me a little too much. But anything like where I can um, hear and communicate and maybe kind of move things around and maybe even like a style of a reading because that's what I'm most comfortable with. Yeah. Um, I tend to ask for a lot of signs like you know, I think one of the more recent ones from a loved one was um, I uh, was looking out the window and I, we, there's not usually a lot of cars that drive by this window, but I I asked to see um, something red to answer a question, yes or no. And then five red cars drove by. See, you know, <laughs> that's not like a coincidence, you know? Yeah. Wow. Uh, very, very cool. Back. Tell yeah. our audience where they can listen to dark alignment what day does it come on when does it come on 
Okay, so we are on every single platform where you listen to podcasts. We're on Spotify, we're on Apple Podcasts, we're on YouTube. We also have a visual component to our podcast. So whether people wanna watch or listen, um, or you can just do both, you can double down and you can do both. Uh, but we're also on Instagram, we're on Twitter, we're on TikTok, we're on Facebook. You can really find us anywhere and you can get to all of those links at darkalignmentpodcast.com. So that's the easiest way to find each of us. So um, if you want to, if you're interested in a reading with either one of us, since we both do energy readings, um, Aruka specifically does astrology readings. Um, and I do a few different other things. I have kind of a, an eclectic mix of yeah, reading styles. Um, she has a little Reiki. She has, we both have books out on Amazon, yep. um, dream interpretations and astrology things. We do a little bit of everything in the spiritual realm. So all things unconventional, we're here for it. Uh, and you can find us, yeah, darkalignmentpodcast.com is the easiest way to connect with us. You guys are knee deep in the woo woo. Yeah, yes. we love it. We love the woo woo. <laughs> we love the woo woo. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on our podcast and sharing. I know that I enjoyed it. I really appreciate you guys. We enjoyed this too. Thank you so much. You guys are amazing. We really appreciate it. Thank you for having us. Thank you. How cool was that? What? That sounded good? No. How cool were oh. them? How cool <laughs> were they? That was cool. You know, I like, I did like the way, you know, how the, uh, they did their, their charts and then Brittany broke it down and how similar they were, you know, their behaviors and their background. And they well, what I thought it. was interesting is they said they do it separately. Right, yeah. Right, and then they bring it together and they can see, you know, um, they each can shed light on what one another finds. And I thought it was absolutely fascinating. Right. And it seems, you know, a lot of these serial killers all had really hard lives as children. Oh, yeah. Not all serial killers. Oh, yeah. Not all, but yeah. You know, but the ones that they talked about really had some trauma and abuse and whatever. And it was just really interesting. I thought it was very cool. So if you have not checked out their podcast, their podcast is called Dark Alignment. It is available wherever podcasts are. They actually both do energy readings as well. Yeah. So that is even some more woo-woo shit. I think they're knee. Didn't I tell them they were knee deep in the woo-woo? Knee deep. We're, we're, we're fans of the woo-woo. We are fans of the woo-woo. So yeah. if you have not checked out their podcast, go check them out. Let them know that we sent you from that some crazy shit. Yeah. We should have had them do our charts go. I still think you're a serial killer. I am not a serial killer. We talked about this. We now. did talk about this. <laughs> and I said, the one who says that they think that the other one's a serial killer is really the killer. Yeah. And that I was made you. A rubber. I that made was a rubber. you. <laughs> you're the one. So I am not the serial killer. I am the detective who will bring the serial killer. No, to yeah, you, you are. You I'm are a detective. detective. That's why you're a Batman fan. Detect the fuck out of some shit. Yeah. Now, is that right? Detect the <laughs> shit out of some fuck. No, I don't know. Detect At the any rate. Fuck out of some shit. Yeah, there you go. Anyway, random bullshit. What do you got? What do we got? Um, well, as can you see my shirt? 
Before we get into that, I have some random bullshit because this just encountered yesterday and I want you to help me. I see your shirt, it's very nice. But I want you to help me work my way through this. All right, hit me up. So, you know, today is a different world than when we were kids, right? And, you know, the world is very different. You know, I mean, things aren't as censored, still censored, but not as censored. Things are becoming more accepted. Um, The whole LGB, you know, movement, all that good stuff, all these things coming out, transgender, all that great stuff. Great. Wonderful. Again, have no issues with any of this stuff. I do, though, have a a confusion about all the terms that are now being used. Because to me, you have two sexes. You have a male and a female. You can slice them, dice them, interchange them, flip them up, dress them up, dress them down, whatever. But you still have A and B, okay? So let me just preface that before I get into what I'm gonna say. So tell me the difference between a polyamorous relationship or a poly relationship and being bisexual. Now, somebody had told me that I'm in a poly relationship, not me, this is what they're saying to me. Hey, Kelly, I'm in a poly relationship. I have a boyfriend and a girlfriend. Okay. My brain says bisexual. You say, no, I'm not bisexual, I'm poly. My brain says, sounds a lot like bisexual to me. You like girls and boys, that's bisexual. Is being bisexual an old antiquated term now replaced with this new poly thinking? Help me, James. Help me as I try to stay relevant. Well, yeah, I mean, because bi does mean two, sexual. I mean, there's sex, there's two sexes, male, female, and you still another. You know, and if you like both, that would make right. you bi. And so that's po- the way we were taught about that. And maybe it is an antiquated term. I don't know. Because I didn't even know what polyamorous was. And okay, for those people who probably don't know, I was on dating sites and things like that. And that term came up a lot. And I'm like, well, I don't even know what that means, man. So from, and I may be wrong. And if I'm wrong and somebody can correct me, feel free because I'm not an expert on this stuff. Um, I'm old school. Like again, A, B, that's all there is. You can, like I said, you can do whatever. Still just A and B. If we take it to biology, it's A and B. You know, you can switch them. You can dice them up, dress them up, trade places. You can interchange them like Mr. Potato Head. But you still got two that you're working with. A and B. Okay? So... not as easy. It's not, but I'm saying that you can interchange. If you want to interchange, I guess that's a thing now. You can do that, and that's fine. But it doesn't mean that we've made C, D, E, and F. It's still just A or B. This is what we were given. This is what the universe has given to us. This, my friends, is a universal law. A and B. Male and female. Interchange them, combine them, mix them up male or female. That's all I'm saying. So if you like to interact, engage intimately with both sexes, to me, poly is the same thing as being bi. Right, I agree. And I don't know what the difference is. And I, and that's why I asked, am I still using old antiquated terms? Because it seems to me gay is not even a thing anymore. 
gay is an old antiquated term, right? right? So are these terms now being replaced with these more new hip sounding terms? Like I'm transgender or I'm whatever. I'm, I'm just trying to ride the rainbow the best way I know how, because it's very confusing to me. Because again, my brain says A and B. And if people, you know, come at my neck for this, I'm sorry, I'm entitled, but I don't, I don't see what all the, all the fuss is. And I want to put this out there. Honestly, really, James, I don't care. Because if I'm not involved with you in that way, if me and this person are not intimate, I could really give two, two shits who you're sleeping with. I really don't care. I don't care. Yeah, you know, I'm the same. Unless I'm there, unless I'm involved. If I'm involved, I care. But if I'm not involved, it's really none of my business and I don't care and more power to you. I'm not here to judge. I just want to make sure that I'm understanding what these things mean and the terms and that I'm using them in the wrong context. I am just trying to learn. And that's, hey, that's what we're here. That's why we're here is to learn. So that was my random bullshit because to me, it's the same thing. Yeah, I, you know, I think maybe it is, uh, I hate to say it, Kel, but we may be the old people get off my lawn, you know, we just don't know <laughs> the terms anymore, you know. Get off my lawn! Yeah, get off my ground, <laughs> damn kids. Could be, could be. But, uh, and, 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 but, you know, and I don't know, it's always just been simplest for me to, hey, you go by Steve, I'm going to call you Steve then. Hey, you're you know you tell me your name is whatever. I'm gonna call you whatever. It's I've never, you know. Once again, it's like hi, I'm James. I'm and we talked about this. Is it are we still heterosexual or is it monosexual now? I don't know. See? Could be. I don't know, but I don't understand. I don't even understand why we care as a people, as humans. Why we put so much or maybe. I don't understand why we put so much emphasis on it to begin with. Because, you know, again, if I'm not there in the throes of passion, I don't care. Sleep with whoever you want. I just ask two things. You be safe and you don't hurt nobody. Go at it. Rabbits. What if they wanted to get hurt? Again, if that's your preference, if you want pain and you're good with that and you have a safe word, that's what I mean. Be safe. Don't hurt nobody. Unless, of course, they want you to. And then if you do, remember their safe word. Remember their safe Don't forget Pineapple. Right. Well, it's, it, you know, it can vary. Quamquat. Kumquat? Kumquat. Kumquat. Oh, God. Cucumber. Egg No, you can't plant. have cucumber. Eggplant. Salamander. Egg. Oh, yes. Yes. You're not going to scream salamander like, bring it on. Yeah. So just remember, have a say. As I said, be safe. Have a safe word. You know, whatever. Do you? I'm not judging. I just think that maybe the terms I'm using are old and antiquated, and I'm just thinking that what I'm saying is the same thing. I'm just using different terms. And I and I think I agree with you, Kel. Maybe it's time we caught up with the new terms. <sighs> Yeah, I guess. I suppose. We can. Do we need to? I don't know. Good question, too, you know. 
Do we need to to stay relevant in this in this time in this world? I don't know. The new terms is the same shit, just a different name for it. Well, you know, that's true. You say that. That's what I'm saying. So that is my random bullshit. Remember, you can get us on all of the social medias where we're relevant and using all the new hip terms like Meta and Insta yeah, and the Twit. Mono, monosexual. Monosexual is that is that our meta. thing? Gotcha. You're no longer heterosexual. Heta. Well, what does hetero mean? What's head? Oh, maybe that, does that mean the opposite? Well, mono just means one. So does that mean you're just you're just doing yourself? <laughs> that's, no, that's asexual. <laughs> okay. That's asexual. Is that asexual? Okay. Yeah. We'll see. I don't know the terms, man. I thought mono I, I meant one. Mono meant one. I guess that means one person at a time. Yeah. See, that's another thing. If you're polyamorous, I can't even have a relationship with one person's hard enough. Having a, you know, with two other people. I agree with you, man. I agree with you. I think the term we are, James, it's called old school, my friend. Old school. We are old school. But, you know, we throw a little new jack in there once in a while. Hey, there's some new jack, but we're, when it comes to shit like this, if I'm using things like, if I say you're bisexual and somebody looks at me like I'm crazy and says I'm poly, well, I guess, you know, that's old school. Right? <laughs> Did one of our guests say something about the new, some new media, the clapper or something? Yeah. And I was like, what the are fuck you, is the, the clapper? The light on, light on. Yeah, light we're like, the light. he's like, no, it's a new social media like TikTok. Well, I have never heard of it. We're not even on TikTok yet. We haven't even graduated. We just got fucking LinkedIn. What's up? We're old school, man, but we're chugging along. Yeah. Okay. So we are, man. We are. <laughs> old school that's what i'm saying all right my friend like i said you can get us on our website that's some crazy shit podcast.com we are on facebook instagram twitter and now linkedin and on you know youtube as well you can't see us but you can hear us that's all you need amazon oh yeah amazon that's where the podcast is that i'm talking social media but yeah we're on amazon spotify apple wherever podcasts are that's where we are you can find us I think it's cool on Amazon. Yes, it is cool, my friend. So like when we're old and Amazon blows up and we could say, well, we were on Amazon. You mean when Amazon blows up and goes away or when Amazon becomes really popular? Yeah, when it gets real big and it takes over the world. Like now? See? (laughs) It's already happening. Manifest that shit. Yeah, James. I'm a master manifester lately, people. I've been on a roll. Okay, my friend. <laughs> okay. Until next time, keep your minds open, people. <laughs> <laughs>